Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking to a former Syracuse football star and about the start of the 2021 ACC football season. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Sam Viscovi, and our guest today is former Syracuse and NFL defensive back, Dwayne Davis. Dr. Davis, always a pleasure to have you on the program. How are you today? I'm doing well, Wesley. I just, uh, you know, appreciate being on here. And, um, um, you know, I'm hanging in. I'm doing well, all things considered. Really glad to hear that, Dr. Davis. And we'll get you started on this one. You started 35 games at defensive back at Syracuse. You know the position as well as anyone. What did you think of the job the defensive backs did last year in the new 3-3-5 defense? Yeah, I mean, based on what I was able to see of them, um, they really played you know, well as a team, they played aggressive, um, you know, as a unit, um, they played, um, you know, um, consistently also, they were able to get to the ball, they made a lot of big plays, and um, I think they definitely stood out in terms of, you know, being leaders on the defense, and you could keep, you could see some of that um, as it relates to kind of, you know, being drafted and, um, you know, continuing that, you know, that great tradition of having good defensive backs. Definitely want to talk to you about the guys who left, but as for the guys who are returning, one defensive back that really stood out is Garrett Williams. What do you like about his game? Yeah, you know, uh, you know last year was a tough year, right? Um, you know, tried to pay as much attention to football as possible while we navigated this new world that we were in. Um, but what I was able to see of, um, you know, Williams and some of the other DBs was just the ability to get to the ball, um, be consistent, play aggressive, and, um, you know, just really be a um, a, a good um, backline force for the defense. Um, watching defense was always fun, and I think he was a part of the reason why it was fun. You touched on it. There are a couple of Syracuse defensive backs in the NFL now. How cool was it as a distinguished Syracuse alum seeing Andre Sisco and Afatu Melifanu drafted and then seeing Trill Williams get a shot with the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, you know, seeing those guys get drafted was, uh, was great, right? You know, um, you know, Syracuse has a history of just, you know, bumping out really good defensive backs, and um, it's always good to see a Syracuse guy get drafted. Um, they deserve it, um, and just wishing them the best of luck um, at the next level. Um, they got great talent, um, and you know, they, they they definitely you know appreciate the game, and you know, I know that uh, you know they're they're poised for success. So it was really good, and it's also just good for um, you know recruiting, right? So. Um, you know, being able to see those guys do it, um, it'll likely drive some recruits in and um, let other, you know, young folks coming up know that, you know, they can play great football also at the defensive back position at Syracuse and get an opportunity to, to play at the next level. So let's talk about last season. I know it's not a great topic after Syracuse went 1-10, but what's the discussion among the football alumni that you speak with about Dino Bapers? Yeah, you know, he's um he's a good he's a good player's coach, right? And um he's done a lot he's done great things for the the, the university and um 
last year was a bump in the road. And what, you know, there's still a lot of great confidence in uh, Babers. Um, anything that I've ever heard of um, from guys that I talked to and stay in contact with many of the guys, I was just always, you know, good, positive things that he's taking the team in the right direction. Um, you know, he's brought in a lot of, you know, a lot of good guys and the systems that he brought in place, um, you know, has worked. And, um, you know, last year was a bump in the road and we're hoping for a much better year this year that's more, um, you know, consistent with uh, the work that he's put in over his career. Syracuse brought in two coordinators on each side of the ball in 2020. Tony White is the new defensive coordinator and installed the 3-3-5. Now that the defense has had a year to absorb it, do you see an improvement? Yeah, I mean, you can only go up, right? Um, you know, it's always, uh, whenever change is uh, in place, you know, folks have to adapt to it, and there's always a curve. Um, I'm not an expert in the world of defensive coordination, so, um, you know, I'm not going to speculate, but I would, um, you, know, you know, I would presume, though, that, um, you know, that this year would be a, a, an improved year with folks, you know, having experienced the new system and, and coaches that um, have also experienced the players in the new system and, make, make, and, and are forced to make adjustments. So um, definitely looking forward to, you know, improvement this year and continuing to do that great work that they, that, you know, that we know that they can do. And Dr. Davis, we'll get you out of here on this one. The expectations are pretty low for Syracuse in 2021 from the media coming off last year. But what are your expectations for this team? Yeah, you know, our expectation is always high at Syracuse, right? It's a historic program, um, you know, well-balanced um, between just you know, young men um, that are, you know, fantastic academically as well as athletically. And so for us, um, we know that we are student-athletes, and you know, I was a student-athlete, but the main reason why you're there is to be, you know, really good on the field, and that's never, you know, outside of our locus of focus. And so... Um, I know that's the same for the, the, the team there. So I know their expectation is to, you know, go to a bowl game, win every single game, and, you know, being able to set themselves up for success going forward and just continuing the, the great historic, um, you know, program that Syracuse is. So um, while, while the outside might think um, that the expectations are low, um, I know that on the inside they're striving for 100% success. Dr. Davis, thanks so much for coming on the program. Again, former Syracuse and NFL defensive back Dwayne Davis. Dr. Davis, always appreciate your insight and your time. Enjoy the college football season. We'll speak with you soon. Definitely. I'm excited. And, you know, great uh, job with the, the podcast and keeping us up to date. I appreciate your time. Always great speaking with Dr. Davis. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online columnist and my very good friend, Sam Viscovi. Sam, how are you today? Hey, Wes. I'm doing great. How are you? Sam, I'm doing well because we're about three weeks away from the start of the college football season, and the ACC Coastal Division is always one that's hard to predict at this time of year. It's always up for grabs, and I think this season is no different with teams like UNC, Miami, and your alma mater, Pitt, in the mix. Who do you see as the top team in that division? Okay, who comes out of the Coastal Division? That's a great question. So once again, like you said, the Coastal, it's always going to be chaos, but it is the more competitive of the two divisions. Uh, this is probably like the sixth year in a row that you could say that ever since Florida State started to tail off. So the top four really comes down to UNC, Miami. They're the top of the heat. Then you got to lump in Virginia Tech and Pitt. Uh, Mac Brown he has a good team again. I think this is his third year. He's going to be replacing a lot of weapons on that offensive side of the ball. But having the best quarterback in the country, it goes a long way in terms of replacing that production. Um, Miami Hurricanes. A loaded team. They're always loaded. They have so much talent down there. But they're really going to be driven by Derek King. 
he's coming off an ACL tear in the bowl game, and his performance is going to really let us know if Miami's going to be for real or not. You know that if Miami starts strong, they can usually stay strong. If they kind of have a little bit of a hiccup here or there, the, the mental capacity of that team just seems to falter. But they're always going to be loaded with four- and five-star guys, so they're good. Um, now, the next, I think the next tranche in the top four would be Pitt and Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech always has a good team. Uh, they've had a lot of transfers this offseason. I have no idea who's going to play quarterback for them, but the, the preseason hype has them at third. And Pitt has a strong team. They're returning a six-year quarterback, it seems. I'm just kidding. He's a fifth-year starter. Um, the, season, <laughs> the season's going to open with Virginia Tech traveling to North Carolina this year. So we're going to really see who's going to win this Coastal early. But i got to point out that Pitt hosts North Carolina and Miami late in the season. So I totally expect Coastal Chaos to live and well deep into November. Gotta love that coastal chaos. And let's move over to the Atlantic Division. It always seems like it's Clemson and then everyone else. Is there anyone from the Atlantic or the Coastal Division that can knock them off their perch? Yeah, so I would say if you're going to see who's going to challenge Clemson for coastal supremacy, um, I really don't see anybody in the coastal coming close. I know they're going to get a matchup late in December or in December in the conference championship game. It'll be one of those four teams. It'll be either North Carolina, Miami, Virginia Tech, or Pitt. Um, right now on paper, I would say North Carolina could probably will probably be that team, and they can hang with Clemson. But in terms of Clemson, I don't see anybody challenging them. The only person, only team that can challenge Clemson is is the Clemson Tigers. They have to replace Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne. They have a lot of defensive starters that went to the league. They they put a lot of people into the NFL last year. Um, they're going to have DJ replacing Trevor Lawrence. Now this is going to be his team, but you see the Tigers, they don't rebuild. They just reload, but I'm not so sure that it's going to be smooth to start the season. They have a huge, huge game beginning of the year with the university of Georgia Bulldogs coming to town. It'll be DJ's first start. This will be his team and really going to see how quickly can, uh, the Clemson Tigers reload from last year. Uh, that'll really determine how far they're going to go. I totally see them winning the conference, probably winning no less than 11 games, potential hiccup against Georgia. They do have two games late in the season that I would probably circle. Let's say they, these are these are trap games. That would be at NC State, very good team. Devin Leary coming back at, quarter, coming back at quarterback, Keegan Ball. And then at Louisville, that's a really good team as well. Both of those games on the road, against two teams that can drop 40-plus any given night. So the only team that's going to challenge Clemson is Clemson, and I do see them being the ACC champion again whenever the conference championship game wraps up. And, Sam, we are right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. So, yeah, so I think I want to talk a little bit about expansion. Uh, everybody saw the huge news a few weeks back when Texas and Oklahoma announced that they're going to move to the SEC. Um, that really put – the ACC under the gun. What are they going to do? Questions came up. Are they going to react quickly? Are going to add another team? How do they close this revenue gap? Um, and I really see that the ACC, they're in a very, very good position. The league has been down in terms of football. They have a new commissioner who's saying, hey, you guys need to really prioritize football. Football, football, football. Football's first. It's always been a basketball league for years, and the basketball product is tremendous. But now we need to really see that football is what drives the revenue. So I see this year the ACC Network is going to go on Comcast in late September when they have that Notre Dame versus Virginia Tech game that's going to force Comcast's hands. And you'll see a revenue boost because Comcast is the largest provider in Florida, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Georgia. 
So you're going to see a natural revenue boost from there. And I think that gives Jim Phillips a little bit of a reprieve, a little bit of a, a gap, a, like a break here to decide how do I really shape the future of this conference? Um, obviously, the big fish there is Notre Dame. How do they get Notre Dame in the ACC? If the conference, excuse me, if the college football playoff expands to 12, I just don't really see Notre Dame ever giving up independence. So I don't think that's a valuable option. But what they really need to focus on is either a team or a set of teams that give the ACC competitive matchups and a lot of eyeballs on the television screen. In my opinion, you know, which doesn't matter for Squat West, I will say that we need to look for a team such as Houston or SMU, get the Dallas and the Houston markets to come into the league where we can expand the ACC network with competitive football teams. I think that that drives a lot more in terms of revenue in the future of this conference, closing the gap between the, the Big Ten and the SEC than it does, say, adding a, a West Virginia or Cincinnati. Houston and SMU have competitive football teams. They've shown that they're willing to spend. It could help the ACC, but I just want to double down on the fact that I know nothing and I'm just speculating. So hopefully we see over the next two to three years the ACC winds up in a good position. But I do want to say let's not panic. We are in a good spot. Sam, my closing thoughts are on a big commitment from 2022 point guard Kadir Copeland, who pledged to Syracuse basketball on Tuesday. The 6'6 point guard from IMG Academy is the perfect fit for the 2-3 zone with great length and instincts. He's a bit of a late bloomer, currently ranked 85th in the rival's top 150. That's three Syracuse commits inside the top 100 as he joins Kamari Lands and Justin Taylor in the class. Congratulations to Copeland on committing, and I think he's going to develop into a star at Syracuse. That's it for us for Sam Viscovi. This is Wes Chang reminding you that I wonder what the word for dots looks like in Braille. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.